Cheers cast is part of the Fire and Water Network. How is your romantic life going, Sam? I'm dating a girl right now that I think may just turn out to be the woman I've been waiting for all my life. Oh, no. Thank you. Sam Malone! You went out with my sister! How did you think that wasn't going to get back to me, huh? I have had just about as much as I can take from you. As far as I'm concerned, you never existed. Well, the search continues. Hello and welcome back to Cheerscast, the podcast where everybody knows your name. I'm Ryan Daly, and sitting on the stool beside me, virtually, is a returning guest of the show who co-hosts the SNL Nerds podcast. Please welcome the abundantly human John Trumbull. Welcome back, John. Aw, thank you, Ryan. I'm abundantly human. Very much so. Uh, What have you been up to since the last time we talked? Oh, uh, well, let's see. Um, I haven't had a drink in 10 days, and I'm going to meetings, so I'm doing okay. Um, that's somebody else's story. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's right. That's right. I get, I get myself mixed up with Sam Malone a, a lot. Um, I, I've, been, I've been doing okay, uh, just kind of plugging away. Um, you know, there haven't been any major world events since the last time I was on the podcast, so... Oh, that joyful summer of 2019. <laughs> We were so young and carefree then. <laughs> I would get too depressed just thinking about it. So let's dive into this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to bring the room down. You know what? I don't think you could have avoided it. That's just where that's the world we live in now. So, uh, people, we are discussing Season 3, Episode 2, which is Rebound, Part 2, written by the creators once more, Glenn and Les Charles, directed by James Burroughs. The original air date was Thursday, October 4th, 1984. Sam has been attending AA meetings and therapy sessions with Fraser Crane for 10 days when the doctor attempts to destabilize his progress by putting him in an emotional distress. Undaunted, Sam exerts enough self-control to convince Fraser he is solidly in recovery and no longer needs their sessions. Later, Diane comes to the bar needing to talk to Sam. Each of them is nervous, but ultimately they both blurt out simultaneously that they are over the other, which shocks both of them, as Sam and Diane each thought the other was still hung up. They laugh about it until Diane makes another confession, that she and Fraser have been dating for months. Sam congratulates Diane and Fraser on their happiness and is ready to wish them a happy life when Julie, the latest waitress hired to take Diane's old position, confronts Sam about his cheating ways and quits, leaving the bar shorthanded. Sam asks Diane to come back to her old job, which she rejects. Diane thinks, once more, that waitressing is beneath her qualifications, but Sam thinks she's afraid to work in proximity to him without falling in love again. Frazier is none too thrilled by the idea of Diane going back to work at Cheers either, both as Sam's doctor and Diane's boyfriend. 
Coach steps in, playing shrink to all three. He tells Diane that if she leaves now, Sam will relapse once more. He tells Sam that if Diane doesn't come back to work, she'll have another breakdown. And he tells Frazier that if Sam and Diane part company now, they'll always be thinking about the other. Whereas if they work together again, the hatred will resume and kill any chance for another romance. At last, all three, Sam, Diane, and Fraser, agree that she will come back to work at Cheers. The hardest part, however, is breaking the news to Carla. So, John, what did you think? Uh, you know, kind of an uneventful episode. Uh, not, not too much going on in this one. Uh, no, it's, I mean, it's, it's a great episode. It's, uh, it, it's basically Fraser's introduction, because he, he had more or less just a cameo in the last one. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's really interesting to to see uh, Kelsey Grammer debut in the role, and man, he he really just hits right off the bat, doesn't he? Absolutely, he does. Yeah, like I was just as I'm taking my notes, I'm like, this is just a really strong outing for the character, and you know, a little bit of what I, I, I kind of mentioned with Sean on the last episode. They had to play a foil for Sam. They had to go against that type and bring in a character that would accentuate the differences in these two and somebody who would be mm-hmm. more of a type with Diane that you would think would be an obvious pairing. But they already did Sumner, and they couldn't right. go back to that. Well, they couldn't make the character that was obnoxious. Well, I mean, Sumner was... I, I loved watching Sumner. I, I, mean, oh, I, thought, oh, I always so felt like he was such a fun character to watch. But he was a character who you knew he was the antagonist. You knew he was the villain because of the way he looked at Sam and the rest of the bar. Right. With this air of smug superiority. With Frasier, pretty early on, he's able to make jokes at Diane's expense before they know that they're dating. And mm-hmm. he's just he's just got this, this air. Like I, I felt like right off the bat, you feel like this is a character I can see living in this world with these guys for the long run which was mm-hmm. not the intention when they hired him. Yeah, I mean, he was only supposed to be on, what was it, like eight episodes or maybe 13? I've heard conflicting things. They basically said for for the story arc of being the kind of like the, the guy keeping them apart, and they, mm-hmm. that might have been half the season, it might have been the full season, but it was expected to just be a, 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 ten, a, a temporary gig. It, was a, it wasn't planned to be a regular, so... Yeah. yeah, yeah. And did you talk in the last episode about the original casting that I they had? I mentioned John Lithgow was approached for the job, for the gig and he yeah. passed on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when I was watching this, I was trying to uh, imagine like John Lithgow in the role and, and what, what he would have done or how differently he would have approached it. And I think in a way it works to their advantage that they didn't have a recognizable actor in the part. I mean, because they certainly couldn't have done that gag in the first one where – Frazier's just some guy in the bar, and then suddenly he he stands up and he's <laughs> yeah. like, hello, Sam. Yeah, um, exactly. I mean, that couldn't have worked with a recognizable actor, so I'm sure they would have done something different there. Yeah, but it's it's really interesting. And, and yeah, Kelsey Grammer's just nailing it right off the bat, man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As this is a part two, we do kind of get the, the recap of the previous one, but we start off with a teaser, a very, I, I didn't even clock it, but a really short teaser. Um, mm-hmm. Which, I, like, it, it struck me as the type of thing that they might have done as a fill-in if maybe at some point this ep- these, this show was meant to air both episodes in, like, an hour-long stretch, if that was ever, like, uh, planned. I don't know. 
Yeah, um, I was going to ask you about that. I, I was I was very curious as if these two episodes originally aired back to back, but they they did have a week separating they, them. Right? Yeah, they, yeah, they were there was a week apart uh, based on what I was able to find from their original broadcast dates. Um, but it certainly looked like it, it, it was it could have been that type of thing because the mm-hmm. teaser is very very short and it's basically it's closing time. It's just Norman Cliff leaving after closing time. Um, Cliff wants to you know keep going out and drink uh, drink and Norm sort of suspiciously you would think it says he's no he has to get home to vera and that's mm-hmm. like well why don't you bring her out and you know i've never met her and you get the like he it basically come out with it that norm is ashamed to introduce them to both because he's ashamed of cliff and he's ashamed of vera he's like yeah, yeah, yeah a little yeah. bit of both yeah. um the the recurring thing from the first episode was that the the joke that Norm and Vera were trying to have a kid, so they could mm-hmm. have dropped a line in there that they were he had to get home because they were still trying to get pregnant, but it seems like they've already abandoned that idea that that plot line. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just found it interesting from a continuity standpoint. It's like, oh, by this point in time, Cliff has not met Vera. And in the later years of the, the series, obviously they have met Vera like off screen. And I and if I remember correctly, in the Thanksgiving episode, like Sam says something like, "Oh, this is great. We're finally going to meet Vera." Mm-hmm. So I just I just find it interesting. Like Cliff has been going to Cheers for literally years by this point, and he still has never met Vera. Right. Right. Yeah. Norm um, likes compartmentalizing his life. I guess he, he does. He does absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and so then, once we come back from the credits. Cliffy does the uh, the recap for the uh, previous episode, which he introduced himself as Postman Extraordinaire and Happy Wanderer. I love that <laughs> description. Uh, and because they always have these like funny little visual gags when they do their their recaps, like in the the previous one, they had uh, Coach narrate the recap while he's like drawing on the thing, like uh, he's like doing like outline diagramming the play for like a, one of their baseball uh, plays right. or something like that. And this time we see the slideshow of Cliff's famous trip to Florida, which will come back again and again this season mm-hmm. so it's, it's just kind of funny he's like you know i got the wrong slide so we just they, the slides are just random images of his florida trip while he's describing what's going on with sam diane and fraser mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then we jump in and the, the as you were saying fraser is scolding sam in the back office and they're doing their whole thing and i i i love it like sam's his whole fixation is just like he's like, how long do I have to sit here and let you yell at me? He's like, he's like, I'm wondering how much this is going to cost me. Truth is, I could get Diane to come in here and do this for free. He's like, she used to right. yell at me all the time. And he, I love this line. He's like, well, it wasn't exactly free. I had to sleep with her. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's interesting watching this scene for you and I going into this, and I, I would assume most people seeing it at this point. We already know the big twist. We know that. Frazier and Sam, or, or that Frazier and Diane are a couple, mm-hmm. which Sam doesn't know yet at this point in time. And I, I started wondering, like, it's not really ethical for Frazier to be treating his girlfriend's ex. <laughs> yeah, and they actually uh, make that point later that Frazier didn't want Diane to tell Sam about them until after, like, Sam was treated and everything. Like, I was like, yeah. that's okay. Okay, I'm a little <laughs> suspicious yeah. how, how well that would play out. But, but, but it's also... I consider this more because, like, when they finally spun Fraser off into his own series, like uh, ten years after this, mm-hmm. he he was much he was a much more ethical psychiatrist. Like on Cheers, he would like casually talk about his patients for the sake of a gag or whatever. 
And I guess it was just rule of funny. It was funnier if he wasn't a very good psychiatrist or, or not a very ethical psychiatrist. Mm. And in, in Frazier, I guess because he's the lead, suddenly that all that is much more important to him. So it's like, wow, this is, you know, Frazier really did come a long way. I also wonder if how much of that was playing fast and loose because the audience's popular understanding of psychiatry and and the practices might not be as aware. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, sure. and, uh, again, this is something that we talked about. I mean, like the fact that this show really early on was embracing themes of psychiatry and mental health and getting help and, and fixing these things, considering it's a show about people at a bar and, and when mm-hmm. your protagonist is a recovering alcoholic and by the end of the series, a, a diagnosed sex addict too. I mean, we're dealing with addictions and people yeah. who would you wouldn't think they'd, they'd be very mentally healthy and happy and everything like that. And psychiatry is a huge theme throughout the series. Yeah, I think probably they just did it because it was best for the story purposes. I mean, mm-hmm. you get the most interesting story that way, so you you bend the rules. Where in real life, it would obviously be like, no, you cannot do that. That's <laughs> completely inappropriate. Yeah. Uh, what what I also found very interesting in in that first scene with Sam and Fraser is Sam says. He's very upfront. He says, I haven't had a drink in 10 days, but I'm going to AA and I think I'm going to be okay. And I think this is, correct me if I'm wrong, I think this is the first time that Sam has ever mentioned he actually went to AA when he stopped drinking. Yeah, I, I don't, yeah, when in the previous references, whenever they've like talked about his, his alcoholism in the past, I don't think they ever, yeah, I don't think they ever mentioned anything about him going through Alcoholics Anonymous or going through the steps or anything. Mm-hmm. It was, I mean, they, they talked about his, his lucky talisman, the lucky bottle cap was kind of right. kept him, but they were always very ambiguous about it, like even like how how long he had been sober. I mean, we, we've talked about that. There's a little bit of contradictions on the timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is the first problem. I, I, I'm thinking probably the only time they really mention it and get that explicit about it. It is one of those yeah. things. And, and I, I was actually, I'm curious, like how you felt like the portrayal of him as a drunk in the previous episode was too, is they kind of did have to straddle the line of dealing with this serious subject, but also making sure that this is still a sitcom at the end of the day. Yeah. And Sam has to be a character that you love. They can't make him the type of drunk alcoholic that is going to turn you away. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not going to be like that Family Ties episode where Tom Hanks is drinking the vanilla extract. <laughs> right, like, right. Oh, my God, I hit Alex. Oh, God, I love uh, that episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, Sam can't do anything that over the line, but it still has to be clear that his behavior is destructive and that it's, it is having an adverse effect on his life. Um, I was actually really intrigued by the question of whether or not Sam was going to AA. And if this was like, say the first time he was going to AA or if he'd gone to AA before when he stopped drinking in like the late seventies. And so I actually wrote Ken Levine about it or Ken Levine who has his great blog uh, by Ken Levine and also the, his podcast, uh, Hollywood and Levine. And he's, you know, one of the classic cheers writers. Mm -hmm. And so I asked him about the AA question and I, I I submitted as a Friday question. I was expecting him to answer it publicly, but instead he just emailed me uh, back directly. And he just said, uh, we just assumed Sam did go to meetings, but as the years rolled on, uh, we made less of his former drinking problems. So if we mentioned it, it was very infrequently. Yeah, so. yeah. And just based on the history of what we've covered on this show, 
my assumption would be that this was the first time he was going through AA. Whatever mm. caused him to go into recovery the last time and to stop drinking, whatever, if he had like an intervention or some sort of moment of clarity, whatever it was, I got the feeling that it was a lot more informal and he didn't go through the normal process. But I, I don't think they've ever said anything to support that or contradict it. That was just my impression. Yeah. I think I think it really is just one of those things you can you know whatever works for your head canon you can yeah. you can believe whatever you want there and still be right, um, but yeah that's an interesting thought that uh, he didn't go through a twelve step program the first time he stopped and maybe that's part of why he fell off the wagon so easily between seasons two and three. Yeah, yeah. Before we leave their office, I love it when Fraser when he's still like stringing Sam along and trying to basically harass him to get to the point where he throws him out. But mm-hmm. he's, he's recommending Sam stay at this hospital upstate. And he's like, it's a lovely place. The dress is casual. In fact, your tie and your belt will be confiscated. I just <laughs> love how, like, very quietly, very matter-of-fact, Kelsey Grammer says that line as he's, like, writing out a prescription or something like that. Or a yeah, yeah. It, it, Kelsey Grammer is just a genius at, like, throwing away lines like that and still getting a great laugh. I mean, most of the cast is, yeah. let's face it. Yeah. And again, something that I, I talked about with Sean in the previous episode, my understanding of how he got the part was he wasn't the producer's first pick, but mm-hmm. he auditioned with Ted Danson. And I'm assuming it was probably this scene, because as we said, there wasn't really much to his appearance in the previous episode. I have a right. feeling he and Ted Danson did this scene, and that was what the producers liked. The Charles Brothers and Burroughs, they liked this chemistry, which is also how Ted Danson got the part, because they liked his chemistry with Diane, with uh, Shelley Long, and they rewrote mm-hmm. the part for him based on that. So I think they just... They put the pieces together. They cast the right people and then played to their strengths. Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, they just – the judgment that they showed with the casting and the creation of the characters on this show, I mean, it's it's just genius. I still think it's one of the best cast shows I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And and I love that whenever they introduced a new character or when they had to change a character either through either through Coach dying or, or uh, Shelley Long departing the show – they deliberately steered in another direction. And that, that's something that MASH did, too. They didn't just replace an old character with a clone of the old character. They were like, okay, let's do something and change the dynamic. And that yeah. really helped keep, keep the show fresh through the years. Yeah. just I'm trying to think of like other ways where you know, Frazier really sets himself up as a guy that you want to see more of. And, and you you don't think of him all like necessarily as alienating himself as, as Sam's rival. The fact mm-hmm. that he can laugh about Diane when he calls her bonkers instead of yes. nuts. Uh, when they're walking out and he's telling Sam, he's like, you know, in my profession, there's no such thing as a closed door. And Sam is like, that explains how Diane got, got out. <laughs> and he like has this huge like belly laugh that he th- thinks yeah. is hilarious. And later on, when, uh, when Carla's like, you know, say hello to the wackos or something. He's like, Carla, why do you build walls around you and everyone else? And she and she gets the words like, Have you seen everyone else? And he gives her a touche moment. Like he's yeah. not, like it's like yeah, he gets it. He gets it. I mean, he it's it's really just a great character introduction because he 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 feels like he belongs in the bar. Like right off the bat, he's he's able to banter with just about everybody. He doesn't really interact with Norm or Cliff much, but that's that's to come. 
shifting gears, I want to talk about the episode's other guest star that I never remember. I have mm. watched this episode maybe 10, 15 times. I don't know, maybe more than that. I don't know. I, for a long time, I was watching this, this series every year, every two years or something like that. And I never remember that there is a brief appearance by the other waitress, Julie, played by PJ Souls. Yeah, I was surprised by that, too, because I've seen this episode a number of times over the years. I never remember that she's in it. And I didn't tonight. I didn't realize it was her until I went on IMDb and I saw the cast list for this episode. I was like, wow, that's PJ Souls, huh? Like, as soon as I saw, I was like, wait, the Halloween girl is in this. Yeah, strike. And actually, yes, I was like, I would think probably most people would see her and they would think of Halloween or Carrie, one of like the horror movies. For me, it was actually it was Stripes. That was a movie that I had on on tape when I was a kid, and I watched that so many times. I loved Stripes. It was probably. I, I think Stripes, I loved that as a Bill Murray comedy more than Caddyshack, like when I was growing up. Uh-huh. Um, and, and yeah, she was the love interest of that. She and uh, Sean Young were like the two female uh, MPs in that movie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the fact that she is in this episode and has a very two scenes really small. The first one is Sam and Diane go back to the office and you see her and she's like, hey coach, who's got who's miss God's gift to the world or whatever like that and coach makes a wonderful joke he's like oh I didn't see the special this year and yeah. it's such an abrupt like we don't get an introduction to her it's that line so you're kind of like does she work there or is she just sitting there like it just looks like she has yeah. a tray it seems like she's a patron they don't really introduce her as a waitress and it really made me wonder like was there a scene that established her as the current waitress at Cheers because we see a waitress quit in the previous episode if I remember correctly we hear about it Okay. okay. Yeah, Carla, oh, Carla right. tells Sam when he comes in, but we don't see it. Yeah. Okay. And so in this one, yeah, and then PJ Souls has a big scene where <laughs> Julie quits, and it's not until that scene happens that you're like, oh, I guess she was the waitress. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, and it really made me wonder. It's like, why didn't they have a line or two or something to establish her? I don't know. Maybe it was cut for time. Who knows? I don't know. Especially given, like, the weird, like, the, the teaser that feel, feels kind of like unnecessary or, or like yeah I, I just mm-hmm. I wish she like we don't get an introduction for her character and we don't like as you said we don't actually understand what her function is until she actually quits in disgust and we're like oh she worked yeah. here and now this is the the setup of, of the major conflict because Sam's drinking and the thing with Diane dating Fraser that's resolved in the first act relatively harmlessly mm-hmm. it's not until she quits that all of a sudden it's like hey there's a job opening and Carla's shorthanded why don't you come back to the bar? And I kind of get like, I mean, based when she, when Diane actually says yes, based on Sam's reaction, you kind of get the feeling like he was never expecting that. And he just wanted to needle her a little bit that she was afraid to work with him. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And maybe it was because of, uh, I, I, I think it was probably the fact that she was dating somebody new and that she was fulfilled and she had a new boyfriend. Maybe he just wanted to tweak her a little bit one last time. Yeah, it was it was interesting. The uh, there's there's still like some remnants of the more the season one more street savvy Sam Malone mm-hmm. in this episode. I, I, I like how when uh, Diane or, or when wait, I'm already forgetting. Who, who, who tells Sam that they're dating? Was it Frazier or was it Diane? Diane tells him. Yeah. It was uh, D- Diane tells him. And then I love how his immediate reaction was, ooh, oh, <laughs> yeah. I just got a little metal picture there. It took me by surprise. <laughs> yes. and, then they were, 
and I, I love the reprise of that moment later on when they, they announce it to the bar and Norm just goes, ew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the third beat, the third beat finally, when Fraser comes back and she and, and he and Diane kiss each other at the doorway and you hear the right. whole bar go, ew. Yeah. And then after we have that flashback to how yes. Diane meets Frasier and the, Sam gets a close up at the end and it's it's like that season one street savvy Sam. He obviously doesn't believe any of it. Mm-hmm. You know, just the look on his face is he's just like, OK, well, whatever story you want to tell, Diane. Yeah. And uh, that flashback scene's really interesting. It's it's a, a, a very unusual scene for Cheers. It's not their usual style of humor. Yeah, you're right. And I was trying to think, like, first of all, I mean, just like the the fact that they they show it that way and the fact that they they said it, like, it, so if anybody listening hasn't seen it, they flash back to Diane playing a croquet game outside of this Goldenbrook, this mental health facility, and she gets into this altercation with an older patient there who's, like, cheating, and Diane is, like, so competitive that she almost starts a fist fight with this woman, and, and Frazier has to get in between them. But it's basically, it looks like it's almost, like, shot on film. They're at an outdoor location. Like, it doesn't look like a mm-hmm. set. They actually went somewhere. I'm honestly thinking that was shot on the Paramount lot because that looked a lot like what little I've seen of the Paramount offices and stuff. Like, cause like they use it occasionally. Like I, it, it shows up on like some episodes of the original Star Trek, like the episode where they go to the Nazi planet. That's like mostly shot on the Paramount lot. So it's just like the writer's room and various offices there. That, that would be another question for, for Ken Levine. Yeah. yeah if you know. Regardless, it's one of the, f- few times i mean up to this point the show as a as a you know three camera sitcom or multi camera sitcom they've got their bar set and they've got they've left the bar a few times to go to Diane's apartment but mm-hmm. i think this is the only the second time in the show where they've left either of those and they've done an original type of composition of a shot and the the other one was when coach had his home movie going to the hospital after carla had her baby in the second season oh right right yeah um, I think this is the only other time they've done something like that up to this point, and I don't know if they'll do it again until Cheers the movie. When, but God, I don't know. I don't know. Mm, yeah, maybe. I mean, it's it, they do that sort of thing so rarely. You could count all the instances and probably not use all the fingers on both hands. Yeah, yeah. So. Even before that, <laughs> I like I like kind of showing the the type of character that is and, and how she. She becomes so absorbed in in the people that she's with, you know, if it's somebody that she respects and admires on a professional capacity, like Sumner, that in, when she's in the office with Sam and she's kind of describing it and everything, and she says, you know, she had a fight with Frazier, and then she immediately corrects herself and parrots mm-hmm. a comment that you would expect has come from Frazier's own lips. And she says, Frazier's taught me that fighting can be wonderful if you lay out the ground rules, you share your hurt, and you never lose respect for the other person's abundance humanism and Sam <laughs> just looks at her and is like wow you people with full lives <laughs> yeah yeah it's great yeah she really does kind of lose herself in relationships I guess mm-hmm. jumping in just like oh, one other little brief little thing that I wanted to, to get to before we start getting to some of our, our categories in the end um, I love when Sam is like it's after Fraser leaves you know Sam is like talking to the to the other guys and 
Cliff congratulates him for you know being in recovery, and he's he say he say him starts talking about the negative effects of alcohol and what it can do to your stomach and all these things. Mm-hmm. And Norm is like, you know, some people like bartenders that tell great stories and jokes. And Cliff comes back, he's like, nah, give me a good temperance lecture anytime. Yeah, yeah, cute moments. I mean, they're it's not a heavy uh, Norm or Cliff episode, but they make the most of what they got. Yeah, no, yeah, they they did get a lot out of uh, Norman Cliff in just very very brief little bits, um, and that's also the type of joke that reminds us of what type of world we're in, where you know this is this is a world like you know drinking and alcoholism could be a serious thing, but that's not the point of this show. So mm-hmm. you know, get a scoot around scoot around the obvious realism uh, that that would be a sort of detriment to the to the tone of what we've got going on here. So. Uh, and then once once Frazier comes back, you know we get uh, we get Coach actually playing the psychiatrist that manipulates all of them into getting their way. What did you think of Coach? Because after having a powerhouse of performance in the previous episode, I think he kind of disappeared for most of this one until the end. What did you think of him? Uh, well, I mean, I think it's I think it's a great Coach episode because you get to see Coach being genuinely clever. He, he reads everyone so well. He knows just what to say to Sam to get him to think that it's a good idea for Diane to come back. He knows just what to say to Diane to make her think it's a good idea for her to come back. And then he knows how exactly how to sell the idea to Frazier. And he's right. only just met Frazier. Right, right. Uh, I mean, it's it's really one of those episodes that shows Coach's hidden depths. <laughs> yeah. And Nicholas uh, Colasanto just plays it beautifully, of course. Yeah, yeah, he did. It was good. So. I... <laughs> It, it's it's a moment where it straddles the line of almost being perhaps too clever for him, but mm. I think I'm just in, I'm prone to forgiveness because that's how much you love Nikki Calasanto in this role. Yeah, and also I mean, if there's one thing that Coach knows, it's Sam and Diane. I mean, he yeah. knows them better than anything, so he knows he knows what's best for him. He knows how to read them. He knows how to talk them into stuff. It's, you know, the Frasier thing, that's probably a bit of artistic license, but it's so good. And it, it gives her that great moment where Frasier's just like, you know, I'm, I'm glad that Coach stopped me to talk about uh, opportunities in psychiatry. Yes, Harvard is excellent. <laughs> and, and, Coach, and Coach knows what he's doing, too. Coach gives him, like, the thumbs up. Like, you know, yeah. I, I love that moment. That was, that was one of my runners-up um, yeah. for, for, for best line of the I just love how, how Frasier had to play that off, had to preserve his dignity that it wasn't somebody else's idea that he was right. still the one who thought of this like you know i'm glad yeah. coach that came and, to me about career opportunities in psychiatry and, and that, that fraser thinks that that's a plausible lie and, <laughs> yeah. and i think there's also a great double take from sam and diane yes. just kind of look back at coach it's just, <laughs> everybody plays it beautifully yeah they both do this look at coach like wait what <laughs> yeah yeah no that yeah that was really really good so um yeah it's 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 a fun episode. I mean, between the two of these, I think this is a really strong opening for the third season. And this show had to do a delicate balancing act where in the previous season, the will they, won't they, they got the two leads together. And then how do you keep these two together when they might not belong together and they break up at the end? And it was a devastating breakup. Yeah. What, I mean, how do you come back for that? What, how do you preserve these characters in something approaching a status quo that's going to be appealing to your core audience? How do you, how do you salvage this relationship? And the writers, they were just, they knew how to do it. They bring in a third character to be a romantic foil because 
the audience still wants Sam and Diane. They, they, they're tuning in for that romance at this point. Eventually, mm-hmm. the show will get to a point where the ensemble is more important than the love story. But it's not there yet, certainly not in the eyes of the audience or the creators. They, they believe that it was the Sam and Diane show. What do you do that hasn't been done before? You can't just get them back together. So they play this delaying game by getting her involved in another character, she has another another romance, but it's a character that you do want to see this draw out because he's such a likable foil. Mm-hmm. And and but they also need it to contrive a reason for Diane to come back. And that is probably going to be forced and a little unbelievable no matter how you do it. But the fact that it's Coach's idea somehow sure, we'll go with it. Yeah. And it's it's exceptional one that it took the show waited until they were in their third season to introduce like a full blown romantic triangle. I mean, yeah. we've had momentary obstacles like, like the last episode I talked about with, uh, with Marky post guest starring as, uh, as Diane's old friend, but that's just like a one episode thing. And then it's never spoken of again. Right. This is like, I, like yeah, Sam, Sam's brother at the end of the first season, but oh, true. they, they yes. weren't, they weren't officially a couple at that time, but they were the couple yeah. that you were rooting for. But yeah, it's never more than, a one or two episode thing where there's something between right. them, yeah. And and Derek, he hardly counts because you never actually see right. him. He, he's not a character; so. he's an idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a device. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so you know, it's it, it's hard to count that. But this, you know, Fraser, he's a full blown character, and he's not a blowhard the way Sumner was. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you you sympathize with him, and you you see what Diane sees in him, and you almost root for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so. Uh, all right. Any final comments for rebound before we go to our categories? Uh, I will say, like the physical comedy of the Sam and Diane kiss at the end—that's yeah. that's just brilliant. I mean, uh, Ted Danson and Shelley Long—they both play that beautifully, and it's it's great. And 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 of course, you know, just Fraser going now that's healthy. Yeah. <laughs> There are a lot of good laugh lines in this episode. It felt like the audience was a little lackluster uh, when maybe, I was watching. Maybe. They're not giving this the laughs it deserves. No, no, yeah, we'll see, <laughs> we'll see. Um, yeah, uh, for Norm's tab, I clocked him actually as having four beers in this episode, uh, which brings his series total at this point up to a hundred and ninety-eight. So wow. we'll see. Maybe, maybe next episode he'll hit two hundred. Uh, oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, for the employee of the month, um, I, for me, it, like I, I was kind of going between a couple of different characters, but by the end of it, by by the time we got to that point where Fraser was like, you know, I'm glad Coach approached me. Like once he started giving it, before he even finished that speech, I was like, Fraser is the MVP of this episode, uh, and nice. and what a great like int- as you said, what a great introduction for the character uh, after not doing that much beforehand for him to come in swinging and i like when i rewatched it, everything he did reinforced it i'm like yeah this is frazier's episode yeah yeah i can't really disagree with that even though i i picked someone else um for for me the mvp it's it was almost a three-way tie between sam diane and frazier because dancing long and grammar they're all just so damn good in this episode mm-hmm. but i think at the end, I, I think I had to give it to Sam because Sam has just so many good moments. <laughs> he does. Uh, he's got like a couple moments I haven't mentioned. I, I I love how Sam just looks at Diane at the end of their office scene together 
where the, where they've sort of reconciled and they're at least friendly. Mm-hmm. But the way but Danson just gives this great look where you can you can just see he's still in love with her, but he's not going to say it. Right. And, and he wants the best for her. He's also really good in that scene where they break the news to Carla. And, <laughs> We're and I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about and, that. And everybody just grabs Carla so she doesn't go nuts. <laughs> and Sam and, and Carla takes the news well. And Sam looks at her and then he's just like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Take her in the back. Take her in the back. And I love how Danson played that. Uh, and and again, the kiss. The kiss yeah. is so good. So, I mean, Danson's just, he's just killing it by this point in the show. He, uh, really, he really was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I mean, hey, as far as I'm concerned, it's it's a three-way tie. There you go. There you go. That's acceptable. Yeah. Uh, getting into the home runs or the, the funniest gag or, or best moment, uh, you hit it. I actually, it, was, it, was, it was the whole process of how they had to tell Carla when mm-hmm. everybody – you see Norm Cliff and one of the third like tertiary guys come up and grab her and like hold her and, and same as to get in her face like, Carla, honey – Diane is coming back to work, and they brace themselves. They're like the physical, like ready for this explosion. And she's like, "Oh, good. Can she start right away? Because she's got experience." And everybody <laughs> just looks at Sam. And you're right. The way he plays that, he's not buying. It. He's like, "No, no, 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 no. Take her into the back room." And they pick her up. I love that moment of them having to drag her up, and the fact that Sam is just like, "Nah, I call BS." He's like, "You're not." He's like, "No, nah, yeah, you're gonna yeah. murder somebody if we don't treat this seriously." Yeah, you know, streets are smart, Sam. I like him. <laughs> exactly. I think for me, I think my favorite line, there are so many great lines. We've already quoted several of them. But I think my favorite ex- exchange in the episode has to be when Sam and Diane, they're trying to convince everyone that they're not going to fall for each other again. And Sam says, I could get out of jail after 12 <laughs> years, serve on a ship with an all-male crew for another four, be dropped off on a desert island for another three, eating nothing but raw oysters. And if Diane were to walk out of the surf naked one day, all I'd want from her are the hockey scores. And uh, to what she says, and you wouldn't even get that. What I yeah. loved about that whole setup, they're trying to convince Frazier, is that they can work together and not feel the sexual tension, is how quickly it goes back to sexual tension. Like immediately, right. he's like, "We can work together." It's like we could live in the same house. She's like, "We could sleep in the same bed." Diane brings it right. up. It's like, really? It's like your second example, and you bring it back to the bedroom, and then he's talking about you well, know being on on a beach. She comes out naked. He's been eating yeah. oysters, <laughs> like that whole thing. Well, and it also yeah. has, shows what a competitive relationship they still have. Yes, they yeah. have to top each other. They have to be like, "Oh well, I'm over you more. I'm <laughs> I've moved on more." And yeah. like, if it really wasn't an issue. They wouldn't care. Yes. There obviously is still a lot there brewing under the surface, and just the two of them trying to top each other with how little they're attracted to each other, that just shows so much. And again, shows that at this point, Frazier is not a very good psychiatrist. <laughs> he misses some signals. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, and I had a couple of runners up. I, the the whole you running gag whenever people like whenever Fraser and Diane. Yeah. The fact that at one point they almost kiss and then they look at Norman Cliff and they were like waiting for that reaction. That was good. Yeah. Um, there was one very brief thing that I wrote down as my runner. It's uh, Diane is at the bar. It's like it cuts in the middle. Like Cliff is telling her a story about his trip to Florida or something, and we just cut to the middle of it, and he's mm-hmm. just telling her. Then after being in the Everglades for a couple of days. The Seminole Indians made me an honorary mail carrier for the tribe. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wait, what? What is this story? 
I was surprised. There was one gag I was expecting, but I guess I was misremembering which episode it was in where uh, Frazier is treating Sam. And at the end of the speech, he grabs Sam by the head. And then Sam just very quietly says, Frazier, yes, I, like, yeah. I don't like guys touching my hair. <laughs> and and Frazier just goes, oh, well. There's our next session. <laughs> yep, yeah, that's kind of, that's I, I I misremembered that too. I was expecting that one, and yeah, I don't remember now. That might be in season four, but maybe it must be because Frazier treats Sam again in season four, doesn't he? I can't remember the exact context for what for what I thought that was in this episode. Yeah. I guess, I guess we'll find out because I can't imagine them cutting it out of the Netflix version. And no, I'm, no, they wouldn't. I, oh, I mean, that see? was that was a clip that was in the one hundredth or the two hundredth episode, like highlight reel. So, yeah, I, I, okay, I'm gonna be now. I'm gonna be thinking about when does that. It's when gonna does be that driving me nuts now. Yeah, <laughs> we'll find out eventually. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, well, yeah. have left like two hundred something. Yeah, yeah, we've got time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, John. Thank you very much for coming back to Cheers Cast. It's always a blast talking about this stuff. Uh, thank you for reaching out to Ken Levine too, the way you do, and, and asking, giving some of this information. Uh, where else can our listeners find you if they want to hear more from you? The place that I'm at every week, where everybody knows my name, is uh, I do a podcast called the SNL Nerds with my friend and fellow comedian uh, Darren Patterson. Where when Saturday Night Live is on, we watch the new episodes, and then we talk all about what we think about it, and we go on interesting tangents along the way. And during the off-season, like now, we watch movies starring people from Saturday Night Live. And uh, this last week, as uh, the episode that dropped today as we're recording this, we talked about uh, The King of Staten Island starring Pete Davidson. So nice. it was a brand new movie. Yeah, I want to see that. How was it? Uh, it's good. It's well done. It's... Uh, like most Judd Apatow movies, it's a bit longer than it needs to be, but <laughs> but it but it is good. It's a, it's more dramatic than you might expect. Nice, nice. I, I'm a big Bill Burr fan, so I kind of wanted to see it for him, that too. I wanted to see his performance. Bill Burr is amazing in it. Uh, Steve Buscemi's in it. Uh, Marissa Tomei is very good in it. It's it's definitely worth seeing. It's it's on demand right now, and uh, definitely worth seeing. And in a few weeks, we're going to do Stripes. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, John, thank you again for being on the show. Thank you, as always, to our listeners for tuning in. You can support the show by liking and sharing on Facebook and Twitter, or you can leave a comment on the website, fireandwaterpodcast.com. You can also find Cheerscast on Spotify, if that's where you get your shows. You can also support the Fire and Water Podcast Network on Patreon. Special thanks to all of our patrons, and especially Mike Gillis from Radio vs. the Martians, and Rick from Jeff and Rick Presents Unpacking the Power of the Power Pack, who sponsor this show. For more information on how you can support the network in general, or this podcast in particular, visit patreon.com slash fwpodcasts. Thank you everyone for listening, and until next time, we are closed. Frazier, listen to me. Sam needs my help in the bar. If you feel any spark of jealousy, please, let me assure you, I could work side by side with this man for the rest of my life and feel nothing. Work? Hell, I could live in the same house with her and never be tempted. I could sleep in the same bed and get (laughs) nothing but a good night's rest. I could get out of jail after 12 years. Serve on a ship with an all-male crew for another four. 
be dropped off on a desert island for another three, eating nothing but raw oysters. And if Diane were to walk out of the surf naked one day, all I'd want from her would be the hockey scores. And you wouldn't even get that. <laughs>